Welcome back, everybody, to the Throne Bows podcast brought to you by the Coda Sports Gambling Network. It has been a while since I have said those words. I am your host, Coda Capper VFC, along with my new co-host, I would like to say. I'm hoping to have him on every week. Uh, if, if you're familiar with the network, if you're familiar with our Twitter space, you're familiar with him. Uh, Fade JT. JT, how's it going, brother? Introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, you beautiful people? <laughs> What's up, you beautiful people? It's good to finally be back. Haven't been podcasting for a while. It's good to talk some UFC. Yeah, we we've been in touch, and we we're both like we just you know want to come in and chop it up and talk some fights. And we figured I think it would be you know fun to kind of start the podcast more uh, back up more on a regular basis. Get kind of try to be here every single week, hopefully together, and uh, go from there. So. Um, before we begin, I want to tell you guys that the Throne Bows podcast is sponsored by the Bet Coda Sportsbook. The Bet Coda Sportsbook is a South Dakota owned and operated sportsbook located in the Midnight Star Casino in Deadwood, South Dakota, serving customers in the state. As you enter the Midnight Star, you are swept into the past with the grand staircase, stunning woodwork, and the elegance of the chandelier. They offer the best lines in Deadwood, so stop by and mention the Coda Sports Gambling Network to receive a free Bet Coda t-shirt. Play responsibly must be 21 years or older to wager. Gambling problems or concerns, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, JT, so uh, we've been in touch. We know uh, the way we want to do the podcast from now on, maybe, maybe a couple little segments here. And one of the main ones is the story of the night or, or what to watch this, this week. So we have UFC Vegas 56 this week, Volkov versus Rosenstroke. Um, and I want to know from you, is there anyone you're watching on this card? Anyone you're, you're looking at any stories that, that you, that you are looking into? I, I'm, I love this Jeff Molina, dude. He's sitting at right. He's at 24 right now, which is kind of like that area where you either pop or you don't. Seems like for these guys, and he's on quite a tear. He hasn't lost since I believe it was 2017. Um, and he's been just slowly working his way way up the ranks in flyweight. And I feel like the, the guy he's facing isn't really a crazy good, crazy big name or anything like that. But I feel like if he can put on a pretty dominating show out there, he's going to probably shoot up into either being ranked ranked into like the top 10 or starting to get some of those top, that top 10 names really getting in there. Um, and I think, I think he just washes this dude this weekend. So I just think he's one of my favorite stories coming out of the card. He's a preliminary fighter, but I like those dudes. They're grinding hard for it. Absolutely. Molina's a stud. And I don't know if you like follow him on Twitter or anything either, but he's like big, he's big in the Twitter community. I know like MMA Twitter loves Jeff Molina. Um, yeah, yeah. He, super interesting. I, I think this fight is going to gonna be a good one this weekend. And uh, we're going to also break down every single fight from a fight perspective, from a betting perspective. Um, we're going to try to do that every single week, along with a couple segments. Like I said, and I also have a what to watch story of the night thing. Now, JT, I'm not sure if you heard about this or, or saw this, but my story of the night is Askar Mazarov, he's fighting Alonzo Menafield. He basically th that surfaced this week and this week, the past two weeks, 
he kind of his record had been changing a lot it was in question it was it was a weird record and then it got worse and then it got better again and it kind of got worse again and it's been changing on tapology on on all these things and and people are just like what is going on so basically the story is this kid changed he's, he's making his ufc debut uh on on saturday and he he basically he changed his name four times to avoid L's. He had his management photoshopping posters, fight posters, so he can basically avoid L's, get wins that weren't even real. Um, it was just this whole thing. His team his team went super hard for him to uh, to get in this spot with with a good with a good record and make it to the UFC. And my question for you is just like. Do you love that or are you, do you have to fade this guy because he's, he's clearly like fraudulent getting here or do you, do you admire the work ethic? See, like the thing is with fighting is like you appreciate the work ethic when they clearly like they work to get there when you're like scamming and scheming and like, so they're taking advantage too of like being in kind of like a downtrodden country kind of where it's just like, you can get away with a lot of, a lot of shit like this. Like, and, um, yeah, no, I think that's that's a big thing for me. Like, it, I can't believe that he's gotten this far to like a UFC debut. Like, I don't know how Sean Shelby, all those guys, don't look and be like, oh, he's changing his name, like clearly. But like, you got to respect the hustle a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna. What I'm saying, I'm, I think he was just so under the radar. It's impossible, but yeah, no, I I'm impressed. Like. <laughs> no it was it was pretty pretty wild story so yeah i mean that's just not something you see every day in this sport um super interesting but but you know it is what it is so let's get into the fights i'm just gonna go tapology order this 14 fights i know we won't have a ton to say about about a lot of these it's not the deepest card in the world um but you know we have fights again we have fights for 10 weeks straight now so uh let's let's get after it i want to start with Aaron Blanchfield, who is eight and one and a minus five forty favorite versus JJ Aldrich, who is eleven and four, plus three eighty-five. Uh Blanchfield, her only loss is to Tracy Cortez, who that's a that's a solid loss. She's a monster grappler. She was actually an underdog in her last fight. Uh she fought on that UFC 269 card in December when Oliveira beat Poirier um but but yeah i actually i had her as a dog that night uh, against miranda maverick and that was just that was free money um but three of her eight wins are inside the distance she's very talented grappler aldrich is also very good uh her two losses are to her two her two ufc losses are to macy barber and sabina mazo so not bad losses at all fight goes the distance minus 260 for yes no is plus 180 i've got nothing here i mean this these girls are are talented i think uh, honestly i think this is the best women's fight on this card but i personally have have no place here yeah no i don't i i really hate when it comes to like unknown girls when you don't really know and they're like heavy favorites where you're like i want to throw this girl in parlay because i'm pretty sure she's gonna win but i've had it so many times where it's like they're a heavy favorite and they just lose in decision um and the thing with blanchfield is she doesn't she doesn't really put people away too much. She's kind of a decision queen. So, like, I, I'm definitely staying away from this one. I think Blanchfield's going to win. But she's just younger, hitting her prime right now. Uh, JJ's on the way down. So, 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. But moving on, we've got Andreas Michaelitis. He is 13 and five, a plus 225 underdog fighting Renat. Back, I mean, help me out here. Back Dude, it's so bad. Like that's that's a crazy name. Uh, he's 20 and two, though, minus 285. Uh, what do you what are you seeing in this fight? What do you like in this fight? Renat has a crazy record up to this point. Like for him to be unknown at 18 and one is really impressive. Uh, I don't have too much on him. It's more of, I just want to watch him, see if he's actually legit or not. Uh, and then this Andreas Michaelitis, I really knew nothing about him coming into this. Like I haven't even heard the name before it. Renat had like makes sense. Like I've heard it before, but I did not have a ton on Michaelitis. It's one of those that I don't, I've stopped putting my money on early parlay cards where I have just done the research. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I'm tired of getting cooked. And yeah, no, I, the only thing with Michaelitis is he likes to get knocked out, but you know, he's maybe tea something there, but yeah, no, not a ton on these guys. I'm leaning definitely towards Renat though. Understandable. Yeah. Michaelitis actually um, was the victim of fighting Alex Pereira in his UFC debut in November, UFC 268 uh, at Madison Square Garden. I was there. So that's why I remember it so well. But Michaelitis grappled Pereira very well in the first round, kept him down, whatever. Second round, he had nothing for him on the feet in the first 20 seconds and Pereira flying knee ends the night real quick it was absolutely sweet uh but same versus modestus bukoskis he lost that fight he had nothing for him on the feet it's just like on the feet he's just not he's not good meanwhile renat lots of finishes 15 of 20 of his wins are by finish Uh, it's his ufc debut so that's always you know a big question mark but to be a t- minus 285 favorite inside the distance is minus 10 or minus 110. This is a guy that produces a lot of finishes against a guy that gets finished a lot. Give me Renat minus 110 inside the distance. Um, also, I think there's some value round two. If I'm, I'm really trying to call my shot here, Renat round two, he gets a lot of his finishes in round two. Michaelitis has been finished in round two before um, plus 425 on that. So I'm probably going to sprink that as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm excited to watch this dude fight, and uh, you know, we'll see what happen what happens. Like you said. Moving oh yeah, no, that's yeah, 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 absolutely. It, it it'll be an interesting fight. But moving on, uh, I want to talk about your boy Jeff Molina. He's ten and yes, two, yes, yes. minus one ninety favorite against Zalgis Zumaglov, who is fourteen and six, plus one fifty. I know you love Molina. I want to hear why and how he gets the job done. I think he's he's a grinder at this point. Like, he doesn't have anything in his repertoire that really makes him special. Like, he's not like a freak athlete. He doesn't have one thing that, like, crazy stands out, per se. Uh, overall, good. Um, and really, I just want to see what kind of fighter he forms into here. I'm trying to figure – I'm trying to double-check so I don't talk myself in a circle and make sure that I have what his finishes are, but I can't – pull it up right now but uh eight of his 10 wins are by finish um and it's yeah it's kind of mixed up um yeah yeah he's a perfectly balanced dude like so like there's really not a lot of value in trying to guess whether he's going to submit him or knock him out you could probably go submission because the dude like i believe 
Zangos is lost. I can't even try to say his name. <laughs> but I, you might want to go submission, but it's one of those that I'm, I'm he's a heavy parlay dude. He's like, for me, he's going to be a heavy parlay guy. Keep him in everything. Um, I, I hate betting on knockouts for flyweights. It's one of those things where it's just super frustrating. You watch him get clipped 37 times and nothing happens. You're like, all right, well, I, I don't like this. But uh, no, I'm, I, I have to almost go. I want to lean towards the decision with him. Okay. But I need to look up odds with him Absolutely. a little bit. But um, yeah, while, while you're doing that, I'll, I'll touch on it a little. Uh, Molina, you know, Dana White contender series guy, 2 0 in the UFC. One win by finish. Uh, eight of ten of his wins are finishes. He has been submitted before. That's something that worries me a little bit with Zalgus. I mean, he's he's won by submission before in the UFC. He's one in three in the UFC only. Um, but his three losses are actually pretty good. They're to Manel Cop. They're to Albazi. They're to Holly and Paiva. Those are the three guys that that have beat him. So, you know, those are those are obviously good names. But but Jeff Molina is is kind of a kind of a different cat i mean it, this is just not good matchmaking for zalgus and i feel bad for him um i don't know it, it's My, yeah i think i to try to play an underdog spot here even for me personally um but i agree Molina's is a parlay guy but what i actually really like in this fight is fight does not go the distance it's plus 135 i see value on both sides here um I think Molina is probably the one to get the job done. And obviously betting on, you know, finishes and flyweight fights is not the, not the most fun thing in the world, but yeah, I like fight doesn't go the distance here. I got, I got Molina uh, uh, to win by KO TKO DQ sub at plus two, two seventy five. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's, that's, there's a heavy amount of value on that one. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, that, that's what I'll ride with that one on top of just tossing them into a few parlays. I like it. Sweet. Well, uh, yeah, moving on from there, you know, I hope your guy, hope your guy Molina gets it done. It would be sweet to see, but moving on from there, I want to talk about Tony Gravely versus Johnny Munoz Jr. Gravely is 22 and seven coming in as a minus 134 favorite. Munoz is a plus 109 dog. He is 11 and one fight goes the distance is plus 120 fight does not go the distance minus 162. Uh, Gravely, another Dana White's contender series guy. That's kind of a, a theme on this card. I've noticed there's, I think, like five-ish Dana White contender series guy. Uh, he's three and two in the UFC. His losses were to Nate Manis, though, and and um, Miles Johns by finish. Um, a lot of finish victories for Gravely. He's he's kind of, he gets the job done. He does. He's a big yeah. just looking at the dude. He's a monster. Uh, but Munoz Jr., he's one and one in the UFC. He also lost to Nate Maness. Um, he's seven seven of eleven of his wins are by submission. Um, that is something that worries me. I feel like Gravely could could easily get submitted here. Munoz Jr. by submission plus two seventy five. I kind of like the outright dog spot there at plus one hundred nine for him, but. Um, I actually really like him by by submission plus two seventy five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play that. What do you what do you like here? Anything? I, I I'm kind of leaning with Gravely by KO or Gravely just by finish in general. I I kind of struggle with uh, Munoz just because I, it's tough with all these younger guys because they none of them really faced anybody too good. 
Um, but the Jamie Simmons, I know he's at least solid. But no, I, I'm leaning more towards Gravely just with that. But it's going to be a real small amount on this one. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards him by finish. But yeah, I the the long shot of going Munoz with the sub and just pulling it off. It's like, well, shit, like you're gonna look like a genius if it pulls off. So like. Oh, yeah, it would be a good feeling, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, Gravely's a safe play here. I, I like Gravely a lot. I actually took him over Manus. Obviously, didn't work out, but, but you know, I'm, a, yeah. I'm definitely a Gravely guy. All right, moving on to the fifth fight of the night. We have the best name on the card, maybe the best name on the roster, Benoit St. Denis. Denise, I'm not sure it's a French name, but it's absolutely electric. Um, versus Nicholas Stolze. Uh, Denise is 8-1. and one. He's a minus 165 favorite. While Stolze is 12-5, and five, coming in as a plus 135 dog. Over-under set at 2.5, minus 110 for the over uh, minus 120 for the under, but I did notice on Bovada, actually, um, I'm not sure how this looks on, on other books, but on Bovada, fight goes the distance, yes, is plus 125, and no is minus 176, so I feel like there's a little bit of uh, value in that, in that yes, um, fight goes the distance, or in the under two and a half, if you feel like uh, the, the finish is there, but if you're going to take the no minus 176, you might as well take under two and a half at minus 120. So that's something I saw. But uh, anyway, St. Dennis, own one in the UFC. He has a lot of wins by sub in uh, in Brave FC where he fought before. Meanwhile, Nicholas, own two in the UFC. He got knocked out by Jared Gooden and he lost a unanimous decision to a Meave. So like good losses, obviously. Uh, he does have a lot of submissions wins as well. One loss by finish. Um, you know, I think fight goes the distance, like I said, or the under two and a half good value on both of those plays. I think Stolze by sub is plus 700 St. Dennis is plus 200. I feel like there's value if you wanted to honestly play both like fight ends by submission, but honestly, for me, I'm yeah. still in this fight. I don't, I don't love anything. How, how you feel about this fight? I, I was staring at that uh sold stolzy by sub just as like a flyer like just like yeah let's see what happens here uh benoit saint De- dennis is or i know it's not that i know they don't actually pronounce it like that Denise. yeah it's yeah. gotta be De- <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> no yeah i know it's not that simple so like i'm kind of just leaning towards just throwing a flyer on that be like it might go against my record for the betting day but if it wins, I look like a genius. So why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, plus 700 worth a stab, right? Like he has a lot of submission wins, you know, I don't, I don't see why not. Um, it's a, it's a good shot, but other than that, you, you got anything on this one or that might be your only, your only play. Yeah, no, I, I really, really like uh, Benoit or yeah, Benoit, like solid grappler, really solid grappler. Um, but kind of unproven coming in here. Uh, Brave FC is not exactly strike force. So, like, you know, we're going to see what he's really made of, how good that grappling is. That's why I kind of like taking just the sub because every now and then those dudes just get caught up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm fired up for it. 
Moving on, though, I've got a fan favorite for you. Damon the Leech Jackson, 24-1, and coming in as a minus 575. The biggest favorite on the card versus Daniel Argetta, 8-0 prospect, uh, plus 425. Damon Jackson, he's a vet. You know, he's been around for a long time. He fought in LFA. He fought in PFL. He's 3-1 and one in the UFC, two of those wins by submissions. He's out of Fortis MMA. His only loss in the UFC is to Ilya Taporia. I think someone that you and I would both agree has a very good shot of being a future champ. So oh, yeah. nothing to hang your head on there for Damon Jackson. This Argetta kid, um, I mean, he's a he's an ultimate fighter vet. He, he did lose on the ultimate fighter. Technically, that doesn't go against your record um, because it's not a it's an exhibition about technically. Yeah, but loss was to Ricky Tercios. Um, no, like notable wins, but six of his eight wins are by finish. Uh, fight goes the distance. Yes is plus one forty seven. No is minus one ninety seven. Um, I don't know. I I think that Damon Jackson is beatable. Uh, I just don't think this kid is the kid to do it. Uh, Damon Jackson is a monster. He will get on your back and he won't let go. He's called the leech for a reason. I think he's going to take this kid's neck. And if you're giving me Damon Jackson by sub at minus one twelve, uh, when his money line's minus five seventy five. I'm taking it all day. So I, I love Damon Jackson by sub here. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree here. There's not, it, they kind of pigeonhole you here with the lines where it's like, all right, like, I guess I kind of have to, like, there's no, they, they basically tell you what to bet on this one. Cause you know what Damon Jackson's going to do going into it. They have it lined up pretty perfectly for you. And it's at like my minus 500. There's no value. And then just straight up, um, this kid trains out of Jackson Wink, and I know that they they really solid jujitsu down there. Um, I just or around there, a lot of their dudes do. I uh, I just staring at David Argetta plus sixteen hundred to, to just to either tap or knock him out. It's close. Like it's one of those things where I'm just like, I I don't know. I've never seen this kid fight, so I don't really know what his grappling looks like. I could go out there and I could see him show up like Justin Gaethje and just get rolled. So who knows? But I I have to I have to side with you. This Damon Jackson by sub at minus one ten. That's that's a beautiful bet. There's value, you know. Yeah, there's value, and he does that shit. Like that, that, that's what he does. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Um, like you said, maybe worth a long shot. This kid is you know undefeated technically professionally for a reason um he's obviously a stud but maybe this line is wide but still damon jackson by sub at basically even money is is a very very good deal here uh moving on i want to talk about one of my actually favorite fighters i've I've loved this dude for a long time not my favorite fighters to watch necessarily because this dude is boring as hell um but joe selecki is 11 and 3 a tough or a uh, Dana White contender series guy. He's three and one in the UFC. His last loss was to Jared Gordon um, by, I think it was either split decision or, or a wacky, not wacky unanimous, but but weird one. Uh, good amount of submissions on his record. Um, and then you have Alex Da Silva plus one thirty nine. He's twenty one and three, one and two in the UFC. One loss to Brad Riddell. Um, I mean, that's not a bad loss at all. Like why, you know, get, yeah. can't hang your head on that. Um, he has been choked out once. Uh, Selecki though, he isn't aggressive enough for this line. Fight goes the distance. Yes. Minus 120. I love 
Um, so I'm going to probably take that. I actually also really like this Alex De Silva kid at plus 139. I mean, there's, there's a good amount of value there. So I'm going to, I'm going to look at that. I'm I'll probably give it another day. It, it, it'll be a late take if I take it, but, uh, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take fight goes the distance at minus 120 in the Joe Selecki fight all day. What are you, what are your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm still in the air on this one. I'm honestly might end up betting myself on both ends of this. Um, so like he coming in, he seven of his 11 wins have come by sub, which is impressive. Like, and considering the, um, what's his name? Alex has been sub before. It's one of those things where it's like, just to look at, I, uh, but I also had Alex Silva in my long shot or not just to tease the parlay there. <laughs> right. I, uh yeah no i so it's like i'm i'm really tough on this one it's gonna be really really fun to watch without a doubt well not really because it's selecki and he's a little bit slower pace and based off what you said but just looking at this i haven't entirely decided what my entire bet for this would be but i'm leaning heavily towards a selecki sub and then just hoping the long shot parlay hits (laughs) yeah no he uh I mean, it's worth a stab, really. It is. and then, Yeah. You know, like you said, we'll see on, on that parlay later. A little bit of a tease. It's exciting. I, li- I like the inside the out. You did uh, inside the distance or? Uh, uh, I, I said fight fight goes the distance. Yes is minus 120. No is minus 110. Uh, that, that's a smart bet because if you're betting for knockouts and subs, you get disappointed all the time with decisions. If you're betting for a decision, nobody's upset with the knockout. Um, I like that. Absolutely. Um, the Moving on, though, I want to talk about the eighth fight, the second women's MMA fight on this card. This is a, this is an interesting one. I mean, this is about, about as low level of women's MMA as you can get. Felice Herrig, 14-9, and nine, minus 125 favorite against Carolina Kolakiewicz, who has a 12-7 and seven record, and she is a plus 105 dog. Um, you got anything on this fight? What are your thoughts of that? I'm staying away from this one with a 10-foot pole. I don't – this will be when I'm getting up and cooking or cleaning up after, you know, for a little bit in between right before the main card starts. That's kind of what this card – this fight will be right here because <laughs> I, I don't want to put myself in on this one. I don't want to do that to myself. I I don't see any value anywhere really because I don't trust either of them to fight good is, like, kind of my problem with these lower-level women fighters where it's like – even if you're a heavy favorite, like sometimes they just don't show up and it's just a boring decision and they lose on like a split. So yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from this one. I, I like, I like Felice Herring, but do I side with there? Not a lot on that one. Yeah. I, uh, Fun fact, actually, I've had the pleasure of meeting Felice Herrig before. We have the picture together. I'll shoot you it after this. But I met her at the I met her at the Arnold in Columbus. She she's really nice. She's weird, but she she's nice. Um, but the thing is, it's her first fight back in the UFC since 2020. She got cut. They brought her back. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure like why you cut someone just to bring them back. It, it's one thing if they like, you know, are going off in another promotion, but fully like this just shows the fact that there's no depth in this division at like at at this level 
Um, yeah. But it's her first fight back in the UFC since 2020. Her fight before that was in 2018. She's 0-3 in her last three. She lost a split decision to Carolina in 2018. She was subbed in her last fight. Like, I don't know. It's just so ugly. And, like, hearing all of those stats, you're like, oh, Carolina's the bet. Like, no no doubt in, my, in your mind she's the bet. But then you look at her, and she's 0-5 in her last five, and her last one was Felice Harry. It's just the word. Like, this is such low-level women's MMA. Fight goes the distance is minus 310. If you want, like, the biggest lock in the world for a parlay, that's it. Nobody's getting finished in this fight. These girls yep. suck. They should not. This is an LFA fight. This this should not be like this. What this was a this was a main card fight too, and it got moved off. So, like, I just don't know what to say about that. It was uh, I don't know. It's rough. It's 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 embarrassing that it's that it's like the lead off or like the wrapping up of the prelims. Like, yeah, it makes no sense. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what what's going on with that, but um, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I like that fight goes the distance. Um, I like that fight goes the distance for a parlay piece at minus three ten. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Not sure exactly. I have no side here. Honestly, I lean Carolina, but I don't know. I don't have much. All right, moving on. I want to talk about my story of the night, the Alonzo Menafield fight. Alonzo Menafield, 11 and 3, a minus 200 favorite versus Askar Mazarov, a 19 and 12 record, who is a plus 160 underdog in this fight. Uh, Menafield, Dana White Contender Series guy. He's 4 and 3 in the UFC. He has a knockout win over Paul Craig. His losses are Devin Clark, OSP, William Knight. He got finished by OSP. Um, but this Askar guy is a, a legitimate fraud. Um, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, he has changed his record or has changed his name multiple times, trying to get L's off his record. He has no notable wins. I don't normally trust Alonzo Menafield, but this seems like a situation in which I have to. Um, I could see him by submission. Alonzo Menafield also won by Von Fluchoke. It would be wrong if I didn't take him. Um, you know, I don't know. Menafield by sub plus 380 on my book. I see a ton of value there. Um, over under of one and a half rounds over plus 165. I see some value there if, if you know, you're not feeling great about either of these guys. But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play Menafield by sub at plus 380 here. What do, what do you like in this in this fight with this fraudulent guy? This almost reminds me of that one uh, UFC, I think it's promoter, that would, like, make his girlfriend, like, had his girlfriend fight and would just, like, fight, like, I think it's, like, almost like a title contender. I forget the name. I forget all the names of it. Butchering the story completely. But, like, just, like, just throws his wife up there and, like, see what happens. Like, it's the closest thing to that. This dude's not, like, nobody knows how good he is. Nobody knows really what's going on. There's not a ton of info on outside of the fact that he's just – he's a fraud he shouldn't be here and he's he's here and we get a bet on it so i'm gonna bet heavy uh on this one i think i'm gonna go with just inside or a finish for sure fight fight to be finished and then i'm riding with you with sub that like that sub money looks good you gotta take it yeah there's there's great value there um Mazarov, he's a heavyweight technically from ukraine he's the number one heavyweight 
in Ukraine right now. Um, but this is a light heavyweight fight. This is Alonzo Menfield's territory. He's been here before. He's fighting a fraud. Um, like like we said, Menfield, Menfield by sub. I I I love it. Uh, I want to move on though to a couple of flyweights again. Oday Osborne, ten and four, a minus one ninety favorite versus Zaruk Adeshev, who is a plus one fifty seven dog, and his record is four and three. Really interesting here. Oday Osborne two and two in the UFC, but his losses are to McNell Cop and Brian Kelleher. Again, nothing to hang your head on. I saw him in New York City in, the, in Madison Square Garden with a win over C.J. Vergara. He looked great. Um, C.J. Vergara is a very formidable opponent, so big win for Ode there. Um, he has a win by knockout as well. When Zarouk is, is four and three, that's a weird record to fight Ode Osborne, uh, in my opinion. But it's his second pro fight was in Bellator, so he went to Bellator to the UFC like. This dude was really thrown right into the fire. Um, but in my eyes here, he's four and three. It's O'Day by however he wants. O'Day money line minus 190. O'Day inside the distance plus 165. Uh, over two and a half minus 135. Under two and a half plus 105. I don't necessarily love anything there, but I love O'Day Osborne in this fight. How do you, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, no, I, I unfortunately don't have odds for O'Day. Like, it's not on my sports book. <laughs> Yeah, my, minus one ninety on on, on Bovada if, if that gives you anything, and plus one sixty five for for inside the distance. Not sure how you feel about those. You know I, the um, what's his name story is insane though. Just not even like story, but just you will follow through his fights, and you're like, how is he just getting through? Like he's he's at the point where he's four and three. I guess Aaron Pico at one point was right around there, so he popped off. Our go, but. Yeah, Argo, the best, the, the best featherweight best, in the world. Yeah, best featherweight in the world, undisputed, undefeated. Um, but no, God damn, I can't pull anything up now. But uh, no, I got uh, Uday. I can't even pull up the card now. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> I got, I got Uday. Um, I'm just gonna throw him in a parlay, like just like a, maybe a two or three year. Because what I do is I go through and I keep on betting. Like I'll bet like one fight at a time for a while, and then I'll just be like, "All right, let's throw a parlay in at the end." Yada yada yada. Gotcha. So. Yeah, no, I I like that. I think Oday's the play here, as well. Let's move on to some more women's MMA. The third and final on this card, Poliana Botello, who is eight and four, plus one hundred five dog versus Kareen Silva, minus one twenty five. She's fourteen and four. Poliana's three and three in the UFC. She has a sub loss to Cynthia Calvillo, one win by knockout. Meanwhile, uh, Silva is a Dana White Contender Series alum. It's her UFC debut. You should see this girl's biceps. If you are if you are listening to this, go look up Kareen Silva on Tapology and look at her picture. Her biceps are massive uh she she has a good submission win i like her here the sub is a very live play plus 425 for submission and a girl that you know has submission wins um she just got a submission win on contender series she does this a lot um and like i said poliana was just subbed by cynthia calvio i i could just see it plus 425 i like her on the money line as well minus 125 Fight goes the distance is minus 155. Uh, fight doesn't go the distance plus 113. You like anything uh, with these girls here? Or are you staying away? I love 
I got Kareen here at sub Q or yeah, sub or TKO at plus two fifty. Which I because she she tends to put people away too. She's got nine KOs coming in here. A lot of them were a little bit earlier, but she's she can finish any people anyway. And I just I get at points where I'm just so tired of just losing by guessing. Like I think they're gonna win this way, and then they win the other way, and you're like I. And they still win, and you just still lose money. They still finish them. Like that's that's the worst. So I'm gonna run with the just the combo there with the KO and sub. Um, yeah, plus two fifty. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a that's a good bet. She's very live. I'll probably play inside the distance on her too. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of her here. So moving on, we got Mike Trezano, nine and two record a minus 240 favorite versus lucas almeida 13 and 1 plus 193 dog mike trezano is uh the ultimate fighter winner a few years back his wins aren't the greatest wins in the world uh he survived hakeem dawadu uh, he's three and two in the ufc one loss by submission to grant dawson like his losses are are again really good i found myself saying that a lot today but to hakeem dawadu and grant dawson that's nothing to be ashamed of um, he looked solid in that Dawadu fight, but Dawadu was just coming forward more often. Almeida, it's his UFC debut. This is a gross draw for your UFC debut. I feel awful for anyone coming into UFC and having to fight Mike Trezano in their first fight. Like, that's just not cool. Um, but he does have 11 of 13 wins by finish. Um, I think inside the distance for him at plus 425 is great value. Obviously, Dawadu couldn't finish. Trezano, but Grant Dawson did. So anything's possible. Uh, fight goes the distance. Yes, minus 165. No, plus 25. I'm leaning the underdog here. I'm leaning Almeida plus 193. I'm not the biggest Mike Trezano believer in the world. I backed him against Dawadu, but that was more of a doubting Dawadu kind of thing. Um, so I like I like Almeida. I'm not sure. I'm not for sure that I'll play him, but I do like him here. And inside the distance at plus four twenty five, I think is is awesome value. How do you how do you feel about this one? Yeah, no, I'm I'm I already had Lucas Almeida in my long shots. In my long shot, you know, so I'm kind of you know I'm already teasing a little bit too much there, but. I got him by yeah inside the decision same as you four twenty five. I'm depending on how I feel if I decide to watch some more Lucas Alameda film and decide that he's gonna be he's gonna sub him. I might go with the sub just because you can get the double money there. But that inside the distance has a lot of value for him. Um, but yeah, because he's sub KO. He's at plus eight hundred and sub is at plus nine hundred. Like crazy odds, and he's thirteen and one. So it's not like it's me walking the park for uh, Trezano here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely starting with Lucas Alameda here. Not going to be surprised that all Trezano wins, though. It's one of those that I'm throwing out there. It's like not even. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I want to move on, though, to the co-main event and one that I know we both feel strongly about. Dynamite Dan Ige, or maybe he goes by Dan 50K Ige now. I forget. The dude has changed his nickname multiple times. But either way, he is a monster. 15 and 5 plus 325 underdog. Not sure when the last time we saw Dan Ige is this large of an underdog was. But he is fighting Mazar Ivalev, who is 15 and 0, and a minus 450 favorite here. Ivalev looking to crack the top 15. Uh, Dan Ige, you know, he's a vet. He's been around forever. He's seven and four in the UFC. His he has losses to 
Calvin Cater, Julio Arce, Korean Zombie, and Josh Emmett. All of his losses are by decision. The dude's a monster. Um, he's beat some some great names. Meanwhile, Evil Love is 5-0 in the UFC. He has a split decision win over Nick Lentz. Um, unanimous decision win over a guy we were just talking about, Hakeem Dawadu. Um, I don't know. I think there's great value on Ige here. I feel like he's being super disrespected. I think Evil Love is, is very good. He's, he's very, very good. Uh, but Dan Ige is a dog, man. I, I'm worried that you know he'll get he'll get taken down a lot in this fight, um, and I would feel a lot better in a five round fight. But Dan Ige, man, I don't know. I think he just has a legitimate shot to land some punches, hurt uh, hurt Ivalev, um, and I don't know. I think if he stuffs a couple takedowns early, plus three twenty five is insane value here. A fight goes the distance. Yes is minus 300. No is plus 205. Not really any value there. I think this one is going the distance, um, but I don't know. I'm going to take Danny Gay. I'm going to take a little stab on it. I won't play it huge because I think there's a reason this line is this way, but I, I, there's too much value here. He's being disrespected. Yeah, I uh, I think it was like one of the first time I interacted with you in, on Twitter was I was like, I just don't believe in Danny Gay here. And then Danny Ige proceeded to just stone cold knock a man out who I happened to bet on. And it was like, oh, okay, Danny Ige, he's, he's for real. Like, he's he's solid. And, uh, uh, yeah, no, he's I, – I have to put him in. I It's going to be a small amount just because, but it's more of the principle of it. Of like, I, he's so undervalued. I have to win on this if he's going to win. Like, because I just know he's better than, what, minus 310 or 350 whatever you get but yeah no i'm gonna I'm ride with Ige here i just i don't know enough about mavzazar evilov to put any money on him at such bad value so i'm, I'm with you 100 dude is the dude is obviously very game he's very solid he's here for a reason but but yeah so all right moving on to the main event of the evening Another heavyweight main event, surprise, surprise, Alexander Volkov, 34-10, and 10, a minus-165 favorite over Jarzinho, Biggie Boy, Rosenstroik, who is a plus-135 dog. Rosenstroik is 12-3. and three. Um, Alexander Volkov, he's a UFC vet. He's 8-4 and four in the UFC. His most recent fight was a round one loss, submission loss to Tom Aspinall in London. That's a tough dude to fight. That's a tough place to fight. I'm not really holding that against him too much. Meanwhile, Jarzinho, his only losses are to Curtis Blades, Cyril Gan, Francis Ngannou. He's six and three in the UFC. This dude obviously hurts people. Um, he puts people to bed. I don't know if you remember the Alistair Overeem fight, but Jarzinho was losing that fight on points the entire fight. And then yeah. he just puts Overeem to bed with like five seconds left in the in the fight. Like just absolutely absurd. Um, I don't know, over three and a half, minus 135, under three and a half, plus 105 here. I don't know. I, I like Biggie Boy here. I've done this before. You know, I, I've, I've bet this before as an underdog, and it's not like I, <laughs> I bet him against Curtis Blades. Maybe not a good bet. Um, I've been here before, but I'm going to do it again. Um, I think that Jarzino is going to – this, I think this is a good matchup for Jarzinho. I think Volkov's going to stand a lot more with him than than other guys will. Um, and I think he's been working on his wrestling for if that were to come into play. Um, but I don't know. I like Jarzinho here. 
Um, I'm going to take him at plus 135. I kind of like – I think there's value on the over in this fight, but I can't bet Jarzinho and bet the over. So I'm taking Jarzinho. It won't be a huge bet, plus 135. Uh, great value here. What, what are you thinking in the main event? I'm going basically the opposite of you. Uh, <laughs> I can't – I Volkov – so he screwed me once because, like, he – him getting knocked out by Derek Lewis really messed me up. Like that was a tough fight to lose because like Derek Lewis is just like the only part of my parlay that like, like I bet against him in that parlay and just lost because he just knocked him out after losing the entire time. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Rosenstrike has the same power to do that. And also I think like once you get knocked out like that, you kind of figure out like, yeah, you just got to keep moving this entire fight. Uh, Volkov's a really technical fighter. He's, He's honestly like one of the best in the division. He just happens to either get finished. He's just not good enough. He's like the Gustafson of this division where it's just like, he probably should have been champ at some point, but Derek Lewis just threw a bomb at the end and it just wasn't going to happen. Like he was so close so many times that I just, he's very, very talented. What Tom Aspinall did to him was very mean and uncalled for, but we forget that. And I'm riding Volkov. I yeah, I mean I can't hate you know Volkov's losses are again Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, Cyril Gon, Tom Aspinall. We're seeing a lot of familiar names there that that we see in Rosenstroke's resume. I, I can't hate this. I, I really can't hate your play at all here. I wish I could take Volkov, but I'm way too stuck on taking Jarzinho as an underdog for some reason. I'm addicted to it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding the train on Saturday. Um, so yeah, great card overall. I mean, it's it's obviously a little shallow for a fight night. It is what it is. Um, we got a pay per view next week. I'm looking forward to that. But just kind of to uh, to wrap up and maybe you know recap a little bit of our of our plays. I know we had kind of hinted at this, but we are going to do a segment on our basically our long shot parlay. Um, I know there are some guys out there this that do this like. Uh, Magic and Andrew MMA betting show. They do a Lambo parlay where they're betting, you know, a hundred bucks on something to win tens of thousands, whatever. Um, just long shot parlay, basically. My boy GC on uh, MMA Hour, he does it. Uh, he calls it an air fryer parlay. I'm going to call mine the Darnell Mooney jersey parlay. If this jersey hit, if this parlay hits, I'm buying a Darnell Mooney jersey. No questions asked. Uh, JT, did you did you come up with a name for your parlay? Or are you just sticking with the long shot parlay for this week and uh, gonna change it up later, maybe? I'm I'm gonna call it the vacation parlay because okay. I have been working and I haven't been able to like travel anywhere in like two freaking years, so it's like I got to do something. So I'll, whatever I went, if I went off this one, I'll use it for some kind of vacation here absolutely you got anywhere in mind or oh shit did i lose you no can can you hear me um i think yeah i'm sorry i just lost you for a second uh i gotta lean towards boston i want to go to the east coast okay i like it. like i, I want to i'm a big i'm a big i'm a big boston fan so like yeah it's perfect shout out weird to be a fan of a city you've never been to I mean, well, it's great. Uh, I've been there. I'll vouch. Shout out to our boy. Yeah, okay. D 
dear friend Potato Gobbler, who was just there, he will vouch. It's a great city. It's a fun city. Um, but yeah, yeah no. so I don't know. Maybe you'll smack this parlay and then uh, you'll end up in Boston real soon. But I want to give you guys my Darnell Mooney jersey parlay. Uh, it's Damon Jackson by submission, Renat inside the distance, Munoz sub, and Selecki fight goes the distance. That's $5 to win 120 which is exactly what I would need um, to, to hit this here. So I don't know. Long shot, obviously, but I've hit some crazy parlays in the UFC before. I've hit a plus 4,000 when I bet on seven fights money line, and I've hit like a plus – I just recently hit like a plus 2,100 as well. Uh, that was like five fights money line. So what do you have for your vacation parlay? I want you to go to Boston, JT. Uh, take us home. It might, it might take a it might take a couple uh, vacation parlays to make this understand trip actually happen. Understandable. We'll see. Ah, I don't, here we go. But I got so I got I got Dan Ige, uh straight up. Luis Alameda thrown in there. This is a long, long shot right here. Okay. This is long. And then Carnegie Silva to win by sub. Or okay. yeah, yeah. At plus six thousand three hundred, yeah, plus six thousand. So Let's go. twenty to win, twenty to win twelve hundred. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, so I mean that, that hits. Application. That's a big day. You could easily do that. Absolutely. Oh yeah, dude. That's dude. dude I've never, fl- I've never flown on a plane. So like, I don't even know what plane costs. Oh well, you'll be fine. I don't even know that'll, what that is. That'll pay. That'll pay for just about everything. No doubt. Um. Sweet. Oh, good yeah, shit, well, good shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hopefully that snacks for both of us. Um, I know that, you know, we have a we have a pay-per-view next week that I'm very much looking forward to. So I know we'll uh we'll be back for that, no doubt. But you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun weekend of fights. We'll uh we'll both be on Twitter. You can follow me at Coda Capper VFC. Um, you wanna shout out your Twitter? Uh yeah, I'll be on there at at AJT. Let's go. So go follow us over at Twitter, UFC 275 next weekend. We'll see you guys back for that. Until then, tail us. Let's cash some bets. Have a great weekend, everybody.